Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's bring in Chris Fedor on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Hey, how are you, Chris? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. How was the trip? Yeah, the trip was good. Um, had some flight issues getting from San Antonio to Dallas. That was problematic for me. I didn't think I was actually going to make it to Dallas. Oh. I contemplated renting a car and driving for four hours, but the people at the rental car company said that probably wasn't a great idea because I would have been driving into tornado-type weather. Ooh. So, yeah, I stayed one extra night in San Antonio and hung out at the Riverwalk an extra night and finally made it to Dallas about – Two o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, right in time for tip-off. So. Yeah, that's not a bad drive, though. Uh, four in, hours? In tornadoes, it is. <laughs> in, in tornado-like weather, I would have been pulled over on the side of the road, like, ducking. It that been, was going it's to just, me or it's just fun to watch great. the compass go in different directions while your car is driving. That's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we're not going to go chasing tornadoes on this road trip, guys. All right, you're done. Your your days of a weatherman weatherman are completely over because those guys live for that stuff. <laughs> so so riddle me this one, yeah, Mr. Fedor. Yeah, the Cavs early won eight straight. They look like the best team in the NBA. Then they immediately followed that up with a five game losing streak, and then immediately followed that up with a four game winning streak. And since then, they're a basically 500 team, six and five over the last 11 games. What what, what are they? Are they a 500 team just barely over, or are they a team that looks like world beaters in an eight-game winning streak, or are they just still trying to find themselves? I know this is going to sound a little bit nerdy because I dig into these numbers all the time, and I actually bring them up with players and coaches. But like, And they I love that, Chris. Oh, yeah. They really <laughs> do. They look at me side-eye like, what is that stat that you just brought up to us right there? In fact, the other day I asked Devin Mobley, I was like, hey, man, what does it mean to you to lead the NBA in defensive win share? And he said, I don't even know what that is. Um, so, like, I just think wins and losses in the NBA, I think they're so circumstantial. I think there are so many things that go into them. Schedule plays a part. Who you have available plays a part. Um, the time of the tip-off plays a part, like what that team played the night before or didn't play the night before. So I think, to me, what I look at is the, the, the net rating of a team, the offensive rating, the defensive rating. And the Cavs, up until a couple of nights ago, the Cavs were one of a few teams in the NBA that were top 10 in both offense and defense. 
Like, that points to how good you are consistently. Again, wins and losses, like, there are so many things that go into that on a nightly basis in the NBA. And I think schedule-related stuff plays such a big part in a record in the first quarter of the season, in the first half of a season. So to me, there are levels, there are tiers in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think the Cavs belong in the same tier with Boston and Milwaukee. I think both those teams are just better than the Cavs, um, both in the regular season and in a playoff environment. But I think the Cavs are right there behind them. I think they're lumped together with Brooklyn and, and Philadelphia and the other teams that you would probably consider contenders as well. And I think it's okay to consider the Cavs contenders, even though they've had slip-ups on the road, even though their bench looks a little bit weak, even though they've gone through these points where they haven't looked exactly like a contender. Because Boston has gone through those as well, and Milwaukee's going to go through those as well. So, I mean, there isn't an un- like, there isn't a team in the NBA that is without flaws. Um, so even with the flaws that the Cavs have, I do believe that they are a legitimate contender. I think they have shown that. Right. So how do they minimize the flaws and shape the roster? What do you got, two months till the trade deadline here? So how, how do they get to that level? Can they get to Boston, Milwaukee, in your eyes, that kind of level? No, I don't think so. Um, and I don't think so because, number one, I don't believe that they have the assets to fix their biggest problem with a significant, impactful player. Um, and number two, I don't believe that that player exists on the trade market. Um, so sometimes you're just beholden to what is actually available for you to try and improve the roster. And the other thing that is always going to be um, going against the Cavs and in favor of Boston and Milwaukee is just a level of experience that those teams have together that the Cavs don't and the Cavs can't gain. It's one thing to like go through these moments late in games on the road against Milwaukee or on the road against Boston in the regular season. But those other teams have done it in the postseason where the physicality ramps up, the intensity ramps up. And there's just a level of inexperience that the Cavs are going to have to try and overcome for the next couple of years. They need to see it. They need to feel it. They need to experience it at the same level. And the only way that you can do that is by actually going through it. But when it comes to a trade, like it's very, very difficult to find the piece um, that you would consider the missing piece for the Cavs that is going to put them on that same level with Boston and Milwaukee. Like if Toronto decides to completely blow it up, then OG Ananobi fits the profile. He's a defensive player of the year candidate who has gotten better from three-point range. Like, that is the kind of guy that the Cavs need. But the problem is, if he becomes available and Toronto blows it up, the Cavs aren't winning those sweepstakes. They don't have enough to get that kind of player. So their best hope is to get somebody who can provide a little bit more shooting, a little bit more offense, and a little bit more consistency than some of the guys that they've been running out there at the three spot. Chris Fedor joining us. PlainDealerCleveland.com covers the Cavaliers. When you look at the bench, you see Kevin Love, you see Karis yeah. LeVert. Yeah. yeah, I hope you see Ricky Rubio. Where else are they going to find some help? Is any any and if Dean Wade comes back, you know, yeah. healthy, I I like Dean a lot, and I like Lamar Stevens. I I think between those uh-huh. two guys, you you can find somebody to play small forward. 
Do you yeah. feel comfortable in anybody else helping you out? I mean, Teddy's going to be up and down. There are going to be yeah. nights that are better for him than others. There are going to be matchups that are better for him than others. He didn't play last night against Dallas. I don't think it was a surprise that the Cavs had one of their best defensive showings without him playing 20 to 25 to 30 minutes um, because they relied more on Lamar Stevens to give him that matchup against Luka Doncic. So I just think that's what it is. Like at this point, the way that the Cavs are currently constructed and the way that JB likes going about his business, it's going to be a nine or 10 man rotation. And you hit on what the nine are going to be when you're talking about second half of the season, when you're talking about first round of the playoffs, those are the nine that JB is going to trust more than the others. And I think Isaac Okoro's role is going to fluctuate. And I think Jetty Osman's role is going to fluctuate. And I think that's just the way that it's going to be. JB trusts Kevin Love more. He's going to trust Ricky Rubio more. He trusts Dean Wade more, to be perfectly honest with you. So I think Dean coming back is going to help their depth a little bit. He brings some things offensively and defensively that the Cavs are clearly missing right now. And the wild card, honestly, is Ricky Rubio. I asked J.B. Bickerstaff the other night how realistic it is for the Cavs to expect Rubio to be some version of the impactful player that he was in the first half of the season last year. And he basically said, like, don't expect it. But he can still have an impact because he can make things easier on his teammates because he can organize the offense, because he can get the guys in the right sets, in the right plays, because he can just handle the ball and take some ball-handling pressure off of Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and Karis LeVert, who are all seeing a whole bunch of attention from opposing defenses right now. That's the kind of impact that Ricky Rubio can have. But to expect him to be the same guy that he was at the start of last season when I had him in the running for sixth man of the year, when he was coming off a national team appearance with Spain and all those different things, I just think that's unrealistic. But that doesn't mean that he can't boost this bench and have an impact. With the bench the way it is right now, Chris, JB's kind of going old school, I think, and starters are playing some pretty heavy minutes. I'm okay with that, I think. Uh, see, I feel the same way that you, you just said. Ugh. I, I kind yeah. of feel that way, but I look and I see 35, 36, 38 minutes, and I think, okay, for how long? In today's yeah. NBA, how long does that go on? You're trying to win games, and those four guys will help you win games. I mean, they're the keys, but I wonder, can that be sustained throughout the entire season, and do the Cavs have to do that to maintain where they are right now in the standings? No, it's too many. It's too many. This is the regular season. The regular season, in large part, is about preparation for the postseason. And the goal isn't to be at your best and rack up a whole bunch of wins in October and November and December um, while losing sight of the big picture. And I think the Cavs have a bigger picture in play here. And I think there has to be a way for JB to start minimizing the minutes and the overall workload for Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. And that's what it is. It's not just that Donovan Mitchell is top ten in the NBA and minutes played, and Darius Garland is borderline top 10 in minutes played. Those are hard minutes, right? They are so involved in everything that the Cavs do offensively and defensively. And the same thing goes for Jared Allen. He's setting so many screens. He's so important to what they do defensively. He's switching onto some of these guards and then recovering to protect the paint. Those are hard minutes for these guys this early into the season. 
And I just don't think it's, it's a good route to take if you want to be at your best in April and in May. You need these guys playing at a different kind of level. You need them as fresh as possible. And if you think about last year, and there were a bunch of circumstances tied into this, Darius Garland was gassed physically and mentally. He was just worn out. And the Cavs can't afford to get in a situation where the same thing happens to Darius again and then Donovan Mitchell, Jared Allen, and Evan Mobley. He's got to trust the bench a little bit more, even if that means taking a loss on a random Friday night or or not playing Donovan Mitchell 38 minutes to chase a win against, like, the Oklahoma City Thunder or whoever it may be. Chris, let me fire one last question at you, this non-game related, just kind of a big-picture question. NBA versus NFL on Christmas Day. So you've got, what, five NBA games on Christmas Day and three uh, uh-huh. NFL games. I'm just curious your thoughts on that, and is that a battle, and does the NFL win? I think the NFL is going to win every battle against every sporting league that, that it goes in. And, and it's, it's tough because, you know, the NBA prides itself on putting together the Christmas Day slate, marquee teams, marquee players. That's been the NBA's thing. Like, they have dominated Christmas Day for a long, long time. and they 15 like the years. Fact, yeah, they like the fact that it's a day that belongs to them. But when you're starting to compete against the NFL, it's like you're bringing a spoon to a knife fight. Good luck <laughs> with that sort of thing. I mean, you can put the best of the best in the NBA. Like, the best teams, you can put the best players. But, like, it's not going to matter when you're going up against the NFL. It's just a different level of attention that that league gets compared to the NBA. Just interested in your thoughts. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, buddy. Yep, you got it, guys. Glad Thanks, you made guys. it home safe, too. Thank you. Chris Fedor, Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Nice enough to join us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t 